0: Hey guys, welcome to the charge podcast today. I have Maggie also known as once upon a pumpkin on Instagram. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. A question that I love asking everyone right away is when you were a freshman in college, what did you imagine your life to look like right now? When I was a
1: freshman in college, I was a dietetics major, and I sort of knew what dietitians did, and I definitely knew I didn't want to work in a hospital, so that was kind of ruled out in my mind, but I had no idea. I really, I did picture myself in a corporate position, and I thought, you know, I'd I'd have to work at that for a long time before I could do anything else, and that's what I thought. That's what I thought, yeah.
0: You said you thought about doing corporate wellness, Mm -hmm. and you did that for a little bit, Right.
1: I did have a corporate role. So I did work at a PR firm on their nutrition team on behalf of food clients. So it was very much that corporate environment that I pictured myself in kind of. And I thought that I was going to love it. Like I thought that was going to be my job for a long time. But as I kind of went through the roles there, I was like, you know what? This is not for me. This is not what I thought I wanted to be doing.
0: What did you do within that role?
1: So I helped to run influencer programs oh with my dietitians gosh. yeah so when one of our clients like let's say a food company wanted to do a recipe contest or have holiday recipes created we would then go out to the dietitians in our network and find the ones like in the right areas that seemed like a good fit I did that I created a lot of materials that translated nutrition science information into easy to understand consumer messaging. So anytime you get a handout from a brand or there's some nutrition information on their website, chances are their PR firm is writing that and other dietitians are writing that. So that was my role. So I would do a lot of kind of copy work, some social media writing, and then yeah, those influencer programs for different dietitians and different brands.
0: You probably learned so much and that helped you with what you do now.
1: I did, yeah. I didn't know it at the time, but I wish I took in more right. knowledge and learnings from that because that has helped me to like communicate effectively
0: on my own now. Mm-hmm. You do so much. <laughs> Honestly, I had no idea. I was reading your about section and I'm like, okay, number one, you wrote a cookbook. You are on the news. <laughs> you write for magazines. You have your own blog. You are also an RD and have clients. I want to ask you, number one, how did you get involved in all of these different things? And you can kind of maybe break them down one by one. That can be easier. And then I just want to hear all about that journey. <laughs> yeah. So about two years ago is when I was in
1: my PR job and was like, you know what? This is kind of the time where I might take a leap here. Otherwise, I'll never do it. And so like that fall, I was like, OK, what else could I do? Like, what else do I want to do? And at the time, I still had my blog and my Instagram, but it was a lot less than what it is right (laughs) Right now, And I kind of felt like the right time to be like, I want to go out on my own and see what I can do with that. So for starters, doing all those things now kind of came by seeing what other dietitians were doing out there, my mentors, like having a really good mentor who also does what I do now, really helped me see that there are so many things that you can do out there as a dietitian, but really in any role, just as much as you feel like you want to expand it. So I was like, yes, I do want to see clients one-on-one and get that nutrition experience by talking to people and what they're eating every day and learning about that. But I also want to write for my own blog. I want to do recipe creations and I do want to go on TV and talk about foods. So I just kind of started slowly adding all of those things into my life and seeing if, okay, I did this thing once, I'm going to see if I can do that next thing and like build off of it. So it all didn't happen at once, but- Slowly, all of those things have come into play. Oh my gosh. Who's your mentor? Her name is Dawn Jackson-Blattner.
0: And what does she do? She's an
1: awesome registered dietitian, also based here in Chicago. And then does she, is she on the news yes. and as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she does a lot of news work, a lot of media communications work. She's also the RD for the Cubs.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Oh, my gosh. She probably knows Jenny Westerkamp then. She does.
1: Jenny is another one of my mentors. She's amazing. Love Jenny. I was her intern way back in the day for a while. And so, yeah, she has really coached me through my whole career
0: journey as well. Oh, I love to hear that. I need to know what it's like to be on the news. Oh my gosh. Well, tell me everything. It's not as
1: glamorous as I feel like you might think it is. I'm like
0: scared. I would be scared. Uh, so, uh,
1: yeah, I definitely still get nervous. And I think just taking it kind of lightly and having fun with it is the key because I will say, like, the first couple times I did it, I was like super serious, <laughs> practicing for three days. And then it, you just, come off kind of really like serious (laughs) and not like a real person so I was like okay I need to like chill out for a second and just like take this as it is especially when I'm talking about pumpkins and holiday recipes it is a fun topic Hmm. so kind of taking it with a grain of salt and putting your best foot forward and being positive and like radiating your personality I think is the best for
0: news oh my gosh I love that have you always loved pumpkins I have. So
1: I feel like I've always been a Halloween person. Like, I just love this time of year so much. And then when all that pumpkin stuff started coming out a few years ago, especially at Trader Joe's, I was like, this is so funny. Like, they're making pumpkin ice cream. They're making pumpkin this, pumpkin that. I was like, that's when I started sharing about it on my Instagram. And it really snowballed from there because like so many people love pumpkin stuff. So many people love the Trader Joe's pumpkin stuff. So I really saw that there was a huge community there and my love for it continued to grow because you can put it into so many things too. Like pumpkin puree is so versatile, sweet, savory, dogs like it. You can make dog treats with it. So there's so many pumpkin possibilities. Have
0: you ever gotten sick of pumpkins?
1: um great question people ask me that all the time I feel like you know after Thanksgiving at that point I'm like okay you know like maybe I'll ease up on the pumpkin baking for a second because like I've had a lot of treats by that point but no I will make pumpkin stuff all year round and enjoy it
0: so was your blog always called once upon a pumpkin yes and Mm -hmm. how did that come about
1: So the blog came after the Instagram and the name was always the Instagram name. And, you know, for a second, I was kind of like, are people going to take me seriously with this name? Is it going to be like too hyper-focused on pumpkins? And, And then like, I won't be able to kind of expand from there, but that really hasn't been the case. If anything, I think having that little niche has helped me stand out.
0: Absolutely. Did you have any other names I don't know. I was. I
1: think I was thinking something along the like Cinderella theme, like the pumpkin carriage idea. But
0: no, there was no other names. Yeah. <laughs> Just came to you. Yeah. What blog and Instagram accounts have inspired you throughout your journey?
1: That is a great question. Um, I think the dietitian community has some really awesome blogs with some amazing nutrition information, great recipes, and really my colleagues blogs and instagrams have inspired me and when i was working in pr and kind of on the back end of things and seeing everybody's blog and kind of like the things that they were doing with their social media channels i felt so empowered to get out there and start doing that on my own so yeah a lot of the nutrition community has inspired me to kind of create my own path Definitely Dawn Jackson Bladner's blog and social media accounts. Be Well by Kelly also comes to mind. I really love her approach to nutrition. So that's been super inspiring.
0: What are three tools that have helped your blog improve?
1: I will say one tool that has helped me improve is consistency. So just the act of being consistent with it. And even if that's, you know, working on the back end stuff for like 15 minutes a day or committing to a certain amount of blog posts a week, just staying consistent with that has helped me grow immensely. So I feel like at the beginning, it was pretty sporadic. I would be like, I'm going to post this, do that. And now it's a little bit more calculated, but just going at it every single day and kind of making those small improvements has made a huge difference. I will say the same thing about social media. While I can't really think of a specific tool, but just the consistency of showing up and creating content and helping others and being a resource for other people.
0: Yeah, I would say that's been the biggest tool. How did you grow your following? Do you feel like it was slow and steady or do you feel like there was a post that went viral?
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination of both for sure. So definitely slow and steady. Again, pretty consistent with posting. At the same time every day or twice every day, consistently using those hashtags to help people find my stuff. I will say, like, posts that provide really valuable information, whether that's on nutrition or pumpkins, have blown up. I don't know if they've gone viral necessarily, but that has helped in getting reshared by bigger accounts, mm-hmm. I think helps a ton. And something that I do in the fall, especially because I do see extreme growth during this time of year versus the rest of the year, is I do a lot of giveaways with brands. So if I'm partnering with a company to create a pumpkin recipe, I'll ask if they can also host a giveaway on my Instagram and ask people to enter and follow me and tag a friend. And that really helps to spread the word and grow my audience. Do you remember a specific post
0: that went quote unquote viral?
1: last fall I did a lot of pictures of pumpkins or maybe it was like a picture of my boots next to pumpkins and whenever those were shared by like shape or self or women's health that helped me grow also I did a pumpkin workout video cool which was shared by
0: women's health and that was pretty big as well that's huge yeah (laughs) how did you get involved with them
1: There are a couple of different ways basically to kind of get in and help write nutrition articles. And one of the things that I found successful for myself is that there's this website basically that you can subscribe to and it'll send you kind of what editors and reporters are looking for. If they are writing about a topic and they maybe need a dietitian to help contribute and list specific nutrition information, they are seeking those people out. So if you respond to them, There's a chance that they may ask you to help. And that's kind of how you start getting your name into these digital publications. So I think I'm really lucky because I've been able to cultivate some of those relationships with the editors to kind of stay on their list of people to ask when they are working on an article, which has been huge. So I mean, I totally emphasize that it's so about the relationships. And like, if you can meet someone in person and take it a step further, I really do think like that's so
0: important. 100%. What is that platform?
1: It's called HARO, H-A-R-O.
0: Cool. Um, which stands for Help a Reporter Out. I love that. Okay, yeah. I am going to look into that. Yeah, you definitely should. What has been your most rewarding experience that happened because of blogging? Ooh, that is such a great question.
1: Most recently, I gave a talk to a group of students at a local like fast casual restaurant and these are students in Chicago who you know may not be as well versed in fruits and vegetables and healthy eating and kind of knowing what the right choices were and so it was so special to be able to go in there and kind of chat with them you know, tell them a little bit more about how to build a healthy plate and just help them to feel like they can make healthy choices no matter where they're eating. You know, I feel like that's so important and and they found me through my blog. And so just being able to kind of do that talk really like put it into perspective for me
0: recently. That's so cool. What restaurant was it at? It was Dos
1: Toros. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So they do a lot of like healthy eating initiatives for Mm -hmm. the community and they try to give back a lot. And so I thought it was really cool. And who doesn't love chips and guac stuff? Right. Yes. The kids loved it
0: too. Oh, What frustrates you in the blogging and influencer space? Mm,
1: Love this question. So (laughs) I just what frustrates me is when I mean, and, and this is so unavoidable, but there is always gonna be so much health information out there. And it's frustrating when clients come to me and they're just like, I've tried to do everything I can. I thought that this diet was right, this was right, like or that they're listening to someone who's not a credentialed professional and while you know everybody can talk about their own health journey and spread that word not everybody is like licensed and registered to be giving people advice on what to do so frustrates me when I have clients that are so burnt out from the health and wellness world because they've tried all those things, because they've listened to all those people who, you know, don't necessarily have the power to be giving that advice. So I just think it's it can be a little bit dangerous to follow all of those things that you hear out there. And it is such a personal journey and it can get so frustrating when you do see all of that on social media and it's like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Well, what should I be doing? And so that's what frustrates me. And I try to just keep it, you know, very resourceful to people who are looking for that nutrition information.
0: Is there a trend going on right now that you've seen that you're like, "Eh, this isn't really worth it?
1: I mean, the keto diet is so big right now because it seems like a quick fix, You're excited because you're giving up carbs and that seems like the right thing to do. And, you know, you're focusing on all this other stuff, but I don't think it's for everybody. And I don't think it's sustainable. And I don't think a lot of people are even doing it right when they just like set out to go start doing it. So that's a trend that I'm kind of like, that can go away soon. (laughs) Like dietitians are done talking about that, I feel like.
0: How do you avoid social media burnout? Ooh,
1: ah, this is so tough. I'm I will tell you that I'm not the best person at boundaries, but mm-hmm. I I feel like I have them in my mind. I'm like I need to have social media boundaries to avoid burnout and to avoid like constantly feeling like I'm on and and stuff, but when it is part of your work, it's really hard to do that. I think one way I work to avoid burnout is I don't take it as seriously as maybe I once did. And I do try to, within reason, like get off my phone at night and take that time to just like really calm down before bed. But I think, you know, letting it control your life is very not healthy. So kind of taking it with a grain of salt, being like, okay, you know, what, like I'm present, I'm on social media, but it doesn't rule my life is helpful to avoid burnout.
0: I love that your Instagram bio says attainable wellness for millennials. I was like, ooh, this is so good. Thank you. I would love for you to share what that means to you and also how your philosophy of wellness has changed throughout the years.
1: Yeah. So attainable wellness for millennials came from me feeling like what we see on social media can feel so unattainable. You know, shopping at certain grocery stores, spending a bunch of money for this, like doing all these different things. Like, I just feel when people see all of that, it it feels very overwhelming. Like, what should I be doing? None of this feels attainable to me. Does that mean like I'm not well then? If like I can't do these wellness activities? So, that to me just means that everything that I'm putting out, I feel like is authentic and true to me, is stuff that I eat, stuff that I do, and that. Really, just the idea that you don't have to be shopping at fancy grocery stores. You don't have to be going to like crazy workout classes. You don't have to be making these extravagant meals or toasts or whatever to be practicing wellness and to be making good nutrition choices and to be healthy in your own way.
0: And then what about your philosophy on wellness?
1: Yeah, that's evolved too. I think over the years, you know, just going through my own like ups and downs with wellness and, you know, sometimes being in a place where I felt like, I wasn't the healthiest version of myself kind of goes back to the attainable portion too. I am by no means perfect. I don't feel like there's any like perfect eater or perfect whatever. And so I think it's just that giving yourself that grace, giving yourself and your body that compassion. And I have really evolved into like a space of body positivity and self kindness, just Mm -hmm. because I feel like with all the things we see out there, it can be so easy to quickly like take it out on yourself and be like, have a really low self-worth because you don't feel like you look like other people out there or you're doing what those other people are doing. So my philosophy has just evolved into a really attainable everyday, like even if I'm just making this small nutrition choice today, that's making a big impact over time. And I'm okay with that. Mm. If that's all I can do in one day, that still matters.
0: Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit more about body positivity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So again, I think social media and the media these days portrays a certain image of like the way that women should look. And I feel like even at a really young age now, girls are feeling this pressure to do certain things to get that image. Like, you know, a lot of things, whatever it takes basically to get that look. And I I feel like we do need to celebrate our own unique individual differences because they are so beautiful. That's what makes us us. And again, like I really don't believe in like crazy diets to change the way you look or, or going to the gym for two hours to change the way you look. And so I just want to really emphasize that we should celebrate the way that we look and not do things that are going to like uproot our daily lives to change the
0: way that we look. How did you get to this place?
1: Mm, I'd say it came a little bit from my own body struggles. I'd say in high school and definitely in college as well, I was kind of in a place where I was always looking to change something about myself. I would always look in the mirror and see a lot of things that I felt like I wanted to be different and I didn't like what I was seeing. And it sort of was so freeing when I kind of stopped and one day looked in the mirror and was like, I feel great. Like, I am happy. Like, this is me. And I don't want to to change for anybody else and for myself, like I'm okay here. And so that's definitely where that's evolved from. And if I can just help one woman like realize that for herself through what I do,
0: that's like a huge win for me. Do you have any tools or resources that you can share with the charge girls that have helped you? I think one really simple thing is definitely
1: what you surround yourself with and the information that you consume. So the minute I feel like, somebody that I'm following on Instagram is kind of triggering me to feel like bad about myself or bad about what I'm doing. I don't feel bad about unfollowing them. And I think we all have the power to kind of, you know, obviously dictate what we see on social media. So I just advocate for that. Like you control it. You don't have to follow them and you don't have to see that if it's going to make you feel bad about yourself. I can definitely
0: get back to you with some other
1: tools too.
0: Yeah, that'd be amazing. What are you personally working on right now? We're talking about body positivity. Is there anything that you're working on in terms of self-growth?
1: Yeah, there's two things that I'm really excited about. One of them is a course that is aimed at helping other dietitians or future dietitians work with brands and work in the media and kind of do the things that I'm doing. And that's really exciting. So I'm teaming up with another dietitian, and she also has a lot of experience in this field. So we are going to release a course that basically talks about it because I think others entering the field may not know how to do it. And so we're looking to have that as a really nice resource next year. And then I'm also working on a nutrition course. So that is also going to be focused on body positivity and small changes and choices that everyone can make. And it's definitely going to hit the basics of nutrition. It's not going to be overcomplicated and kind of weaving in my philosophy of that attainable wellness for
0: millennials. I love that. When can we expect that? Um, Spring 2020. Oh, can you give us a little sneak peek of one of the, whether it's like a chapter in the course or one tip that you have in the course? Yeah, so
1: one cool thing I'm excited about in the course that I'm currently working on is kind of this idea of like navigating when you're eating out or maybe you're going to a party or maybe you're going to a wedding or something like that. Like I feel like certain food situations like those can cause people a lot of stress. So that is module or chapters really focused on like low food stress like how do you enjoy those moments activities out of the home where like maybe you can't control what food is there how do you navigate that still make healthy choices enjoy what you want like not deprive yourself and have a great time at that event. So I'm excited about that because that's a question I get a lot from my clients and I'm excited to take the stress out of that.
0: Yeah, this actually relates to a question that I have from the charge community, which we will transition into. So how do you switch junk food cravings with healthy options?
1: Mm. Well, I don't think it has to be a cold turkey switch. I think you can find foods that are similar to those like junk food type things that are healthier and have better ingredients. I think even starting by slowly limiting or slowly eliminating it from your daily diet. So maybe it's like, if you're craving like a frozen treat, you know, like making yourself a smoothie bowl that's like with a frozen banana and like has some nuts and like granola and stuff. So like kind of swapping out, Like maybe you were craving ice cream, but like could go for that. Kind of pairing it with something a little bit healthier. I think too, like maybe it's something that you enjoy. So going about it by having it like twice a week versus every day is Mm -hmm. also a good small way to
0: reduce. Mm -hmm. I feel like Google has all of the answers with (laughs) this question because literally I feel like there's always a healthy alternative to anything nowadays.
1: And you can have fun with it too. It doesn't have to be a boring alternative. It can definitely like hit the craving for that and be
0: a little bit better and have more nutrition. How do you promote body positivity when there is such a lose weight culture with fitness?
1: Ah, oh, that is hard. I think being really transparent when I have moments of I'm not feeling body positive, then I'll be like, this also happens to me and it's totally normal. It's definitely not a linear journey. So I think you'll feel body positive, but then you can have days when you don't. <laughs> And it's approaching it with gratitude too. I really love doing that. That helps me Mm. personally. So I'll be like, okay, it's really hard to say three nice things about my body today because I don't feel that great, but I'm going to do it. And that's like building my armor to then have body positivity the next day. And I think that that helps. So just approaching it from a place of gratitude. What are you thankful for? Like your body has done so much for you Mm. today.
0: What can you say thank you for? Mm, That's a really good way to look at it. How do you track food in a healthy manner?
1: I think there's a lot of different approaches for that as well. Definitely something that works for you maybe doesn't work for somebody else. So figuring that out or maybe something that you've done in the past is like a little too obsessive. So not going about it that way. I mean, people do really like food diaries. There's like a ton of apps out there to track your food. But again, asking yourself, like, is tracking kind of like too much like does that really affect the way that you feel and the foods that you're eating or maybe tracking is a tool that you start with but then after a while you don't have to track anymore cuz you're like okay like I roughly know like how much protein I'm getting in a day or how much carbs I'm eating in a day. I do think it can be a valuable tool but on the
0: flip side it can like go beyond that if it rules your world. Can you share more information and resources on a plant-based diet and what your opinion on this is? Ooh,
1: yeah. So plant-based diets definitely a big trend. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's a really great approach to eating. And the cool thing about it is that it doesn't have to be super black and white. So you can do a plant-based diet by simply eating meatless like a few days a week, or maybe it's just a few days a week for dinner. You have a plant-based diet. So maybe you're having like a grain bowl with quinoa and beans and rice. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. Some people definitely approach it in the way that they don't eat any meat and that's a plant-based diet to them, but there's a few different iterations on it. So you can kind of do what works best for you. Yeah. I have a great blog post on plant-based diets
0: and how to go about them. Cool. We'll link that up in the show notes. Just remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Another question that's similar to this that a charge girl asked is how do you find sufficient sources of protein when you're turned away from meat?
1: Mm. Yeah, we are definitely in a day and age where there are there's protein in so many different things now besides just meat. So you'd be surprised, but vegetables all have a little bit of protein too. I love things like quinoa that has a lot of protein. Different beans have different amounts of protein. Usually they're pretty high in protein. The
0: bean pasta, I'm obsessed with them. Oh my
1: gosh, chickpea pasta. So much protein in that. Obviously you've got eggs as a source of protein. There's a lot of different plant-based protein powders, which I think are a good tool. Like if you're a smoothie lover and you're kind of wondering, like, am I getting enough protein from not eating meat? Uh, Obviously fish is another great option. Nuts have protein, seeds have protein. So hemp seeds, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, those are all good sources of protein too. Adding those into your meals and snacks Nut butters, a personal favorite of mine, have a lot of protein. Yogurts and cottage cheese, too. We got a lot of options. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I could go on.
0: (laughs) I really like this question. How do you eat healthy when you're sharing a kitchen with others, whether it's roommates or family?
1: Ooh, love that. So I'd say there's a few different things you could do. I'd say like approaching it together too. Maybe they want to make what you're having too, or it would be a fun activity to go grocery shopping and make a meal together. And maybe it's like a little more health- conscious. I do think a lot of people are interested in in the foods that they're eating and that would be a fun activity to kind of promote healthy eating. Meal prepping is also a great tool. Like if you're low on time and maybe you guys can kind of rent out kitchen space to kind of do your own thing if you're not into it together. I think too, if maybe your roommates are like a little like, oh, I don't know about that. Like it seems like that's too healthy for me. I think just approaching it with a mentality of like, okay, like you can try it if you want. And I think you'll be surprised that they will try it and like (laughs) it. So just open mind to everybody's food choices too mm-hmm. i think it can be really tough when you're sharing a kitchen with other people and you know you guys like kind of see your food maybe you share maybe you don't maybe you don't like what the other person's having but just like keeping an open mind and being like oh that's cool like maybe we should try to make that together one day and add some vegetables to
0: it yeah
1: <laughs> healthy pizza night it could be as easy as starting there
0: Hmm. what does a typical day of eating look like for you
1: I am a creature of habit, to be honest. So I'll kind of like go through the same things, which I know I should like switch (laughs) it up more often. And sometimes I do. You know, I tend to eat really seasonally too, especially now in the fall. So I'm like all about the squashes, the fall vegetables. For breakfast, I'll usually do like an egg with a banana and peanut butter. Sometimes I'll do overnight oats. Sometimes I'll do like a pumpkin muffin with an egg and fruit, but it's usually always like, Protein and healthy fat, and like fruit for breakfast. For lunch, I'm really into like wraps and grain bowls, salads, or stir fries. And lunch is mainly like leftovers from the night before. Sometimes I'll throw something quick together, or maybe if I didn't have like an egg, I'll make a big omelet for lunch. And then dinners are pretty simple. Again, like focus on the veggies. Sometimes I'll do like a big chickpea pasta dish with like veggies and sauce and stuff. Right now, I feel like I'm having like a lot of pumpkin soup in my life. And so like stir fries are definitely on repeat for me. I love just kind of like throwing together like an Asian stir fry or we'll do like quesadillas. Mm. Really pretty basic things. Mm I like to just put veggies into anything that I can. And that's about it. I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's no like super cool (laughs) thing. It's all those (laughs) things just on repeat over and over again. What are your favorite snacks? So I love um, Simple Mills Crackers. So good. I don't know if you've had those. So good. So good. I love Chomps. so little like... Never had those. Oh what are those? Okay. They're meat sticks. So they're either oh, like turkey or beef meat okay. sticks. And they have a few different flavors. So good. I mean, it's a high protein, no sugar snack. So it's awesome. I have like 10 in my bag at all times. Also really like the RX Bar Nut Butter Packets. So mm. those are an awesome on-the-go snack. Love yogurt, so I'll do like a cup of yogurt as a snack with berries on it. Hard-boiled eggs, like I'm boring, (laughs) but that's a no-fail snack for sure. And then, yeah, I think that's it.
0: Chomps, love to try Yeah, (laughs) super good. Awesome, they're awesome. What are common misconceptions in the nutrition industry?
1: So in the nutrition world, well... I think carbs being bad is a huge misconception. Our bodies need carbs. Like that's our first line of energy. So the fact that like they're very demonized, I think that's a huge misconception. Kind of along the lines of this like whole like keto trend, I think there's a lot of misconceptions there that like you can totally lose a ton of weight by doing that and that you can do it forever. Like it's really not sustainable. So I think that's a huge misconception. I do think like there's a misconception that Once you like figure out how to eat healthy, like it's going to be perfect and you can do that forever. I do think that when you start to incorporate healthy choices in your life, you will like, it'll be like a muscle that you just like do without thinking about for sure. But again, like it's definitely not a linear journey. I think it ebbs and flows and that's like part of life. You know, there will be times when you're like eating great and hitting the gym and doing all the right things. And then there's times when like life happens and like, navigating that so i think there's a misconception that it's just like once you get there it's great you're there like no i think you go through different phases like seasons of feeling like super good and like you're making all the right choices and then sometimes you're making fewer of those choices and that's fine like Mm -hmm. you'll get back to it or maybe you'll find a new path down that way that's like health promoting for yourself as well
0: absolutely i know you really want to talk about food confidence so what does this mean to you
1: You won't have stress when you're going into different situations where you cannot necessarily control like the food that's going to be there. Maybe you're going to a baseball game and you're like, what am I going to eat there? You're going out to dinner with somebody you just met, or maybe it's a date and you're like freaking out because you're like, I'm not sure what I can eat there. So it's just this idea that you can navigate those instances with confidence And if you couldn't make the choice that you wanted to, or maybe in your eyes, it wasn't the perfect choice, like the next day you can get back to making that, but that you were still able to enjoy that moment. So personally, when I was in the thick of really trying to control my nutrition choices and like not loving my body for what it was, I was like, I can't go out because I don't want to eat that food. Like I'm going to stay home and make this and that's going to be it. And I think that can really like affect your social life. It can just like really make you unhappy by doing that. So Mm -hmm. food confidence is going out there, enjoying yourself at those things, navigating the food as best as you can for yourself and not like focusing on that. Like maybe, okay, you go and enjoy that hot dog at a baseball game and tomorrow you're back to your salad for lunch, you know, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like there's room for that enjoyment and that confidence.
0: Let's do some rapid fire favorite <laughs> spots in Chicago. Okay. <laughs> favorite repeat date night. Ooh, AVEC. Favorite treat yourself restaurant. cheval <laughs> <laughs> Favorite restaurant with friends. Parlor Pizza. Favorite coffee shop. I love Limitless in the West Loop. Favorite brunch. The breakfast plate from Soho House. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. So good. Favorite fast food?
1: Culver's or Wendy's? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Favorite ethnic restaurant?
1: Ooh, okay. There's a new Indian restaurant in West Loop called Roo. Oh my gosh. I was just there. Did you like it? Yes. Okay. I have never, well, I've really never tried Indian food, like up until this year of my mm-hmm. life, literally.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: so my boyfriend went to India for like 10 weeks. And then when he came back, he was like, you got to try this food. Like we got to make this food at home. And I was like, this is good. Yeah. But, but Roo is, is good. I like <laughs>
0: Another it. level. Wait, yeah. why was he in India for 10 weeks? For his job. Oh my gosh. Favorite grocery store. Ooh, I hit them all. I'm like,
1: if I can't find something at one, I'm going to two others, but I do love, I live near the Whole Foods in the West Loop. So I love going there, but I'm down for a deal and a sale anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'll go to different grocery stores. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Favorite bar. Favorite bar. Gosh, is this giving away that I don't go out? Um, solo house. Yeah. I love solo house <laughs> to grab a drink. <laughs>
0: all right moving on to rabbit fire personal questions one word to describe you pumpkin
1: comes to mind but like i don't know um i like positive a a positive pumpkin positive pumpkin two words
0: (laughs) favorite sweat sesh i love barry's boot camp favorite wellness trend right now
1: right now loving acupuncture and cupping yes you
0: need to tell your story
1: Yeah. So going to acupuncture now to help with my psoriasis. That's the story, right? Yeah. Um, So I'm going to Whole Health Chicago, and there's an awesome practitioner there who specializes in psoriasis. Long story short, I've had this for a long time, and it was kind of starting to get worse. And I was like, shoot, I really need to do something about this. So she definitely has a more holistic approach, but I love it. Basically, I'm on an, a Chinese herb regimen, and then I'm getting complementary acupuncture with that regimen, and um, everything has been working great and helping.
0: So I'm really happy with it. Yeah, Acupuncture literally is the best. Right? I'm swearing by it. Do like, you do it a lot? So I... Kind of have done it on and off, but probably about two weeks ago, I experienced crazy anxiety. And I am typically not a very anxious really? person, but my throat felt like it was literally oh. like blocked up. It was really scared. It almost felt like someone was strangling me. Like not that intense, but like yeah. you can imagine that was the feeling. And a thought came into my mind of, Number one, I feel like this is related to anxiety. So I looked up like the symptom and it did say that that could potentially be anxiety. And then I'm like, I think I need to do acupuncture. And so I scheduled an appointment at a place called Shenzhen. Okay. And kid you not, literally the next day I woke up and haven't experienced it since. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to do acupuncture once a week until the end of the year just for preventative measures. sure. Because she literally was like, basically I had a lot of energy going through me, but Mm. it was blocked at my throat. And it was so crazy because you probably know she was putting needles all throughout my body and she put it on my calf. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, it hurts so bad. And she'd be like, yeah, that's your throat. I'm like, how is this connected? But it is. And I'm swearing by it.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was my first experience with it, but I was like, wow, I feel great.
0: And your psoriasis Um, is gone. Yeah. It's pretty
1: much gone. And basically too, like she's putting the needles in my feet. She's like, this is your head. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, even just the experience of it, I found it really relaxing to just like lay there. Maybe there's something to do with just like not doing anything, you know, but Mm -hmm. even that, I feel like all of that has been really helpful, but that's amazing for you. I I do think like continuing it and staying like consistent
0: like that is huge. Mm -hmm. I know it's so expensive, which is the hardest part, but I'm like, you know what, this is worth it.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, and I think too, like you need to decide, like there's certain things that you're like, that makes me feel so good. Like I'm, I'm definitely like going to keep doing that. And and it's an investment in yourself. Absolutely. So when you look at it that way, you got to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. What are three staples in your kitchen? Completely different topic. Oh
1: <laughs> yeah. Three staples in my kitchen, like food staples. So I have, I have a lot of staples actually. Pumpkin for sure. Canned pumpkin. Cause I will put it into anything. Literally lately. A huge staple has been garbanzo beans, like chickpeas salads so good baking with them. I mean roasting them as a snack. So I always buy canned chickpeas. And those are two super inexpensive things that you can easily stock. Eggs are always a staple of mine because you can do so much with eggs too. A great source of protein again like just always good to have on hand. I always have like simple mills crackers. I really like siete chips too, so I'm like stocking those for snacking on to quinoa. I'd say like some sort of grain pasta mm. too. So I'll have like some chickpea pasta of quinoa on hand always so I can like kinda of throw that together. Honestly, too, some frozen vegetables mm. are always freezer staples of mine. Frozen vegetables are not like I feel like people think frozen is bad, but it's a really awesome cost-effective way to buy certain vegetables. If you feel like you're buying fresh spinach and it's always like gone bad by the time you get to it, stocking up on like frozen spinach or they make great like combo packs. Now you can get them at any grocery store that's a few different veggies in there. That that's so easy to throw into like a pasta dish or just as a side dish during the week when you're like I have no time, like I just want to microwave something. Right. It's like great, grab those veggies. Grab some quinoa, like throw that together, put an egg on it, <laughs> and <laughs> done. it's done.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Favorite recipe you've ever created?
1: Ooh, okay. These pumpkin chickpea blondies are definitely my favorite. Ooh. It kind of just came about as a happy accident because I was trying to just make chickpea blondies, and I wasn't sure if like the pumpkin would cook right in them because there's no flour. It's just the chickpeas. So I was like, is the pumpkin going to like not make it bake right? But anyways, there's such a simple recipe and they're delicious.
0: We'll link them up. Okay. Book every charge girl should read.
1: Ooh. So nutrition book, I love, love, love. It's called Dressing on the Side Mm. by Jacqueline London. She is a registered dietitian and this book is a no nonsense approach to the like nutrition world, even like the social media world, like what we see, like it definitely sets the record straight on certain fads and trends that we might think are cool. And we need to start doing that. I love it. It's just, it's like the facts and it's funny. Like she's so funny in the book. Mm you love it. Female you'd like to meet. Has everyone been saying Brene
0: Brown? No, (laughs) but that's a good one. I loved her documentary. I haven't watched it yet. Oh my gosh, on Netflix. It's so good. I feel like
1: I need to do that tonight. You do, yeah.
0: (laughs) Do it. Favorite podcast?
1: Ooh, I love the Gold Digger podcast.
0: Oh, that's by Jenna Jenna Kutcher. Yeah, Jenna Kutcher.
1: I really love that one. Um, I think any entrepreneur can relate to a a lot of those episodes. So I'm a huge fan of that one. Yeah, I, li- I listen to a lot of, like, blogging and, like, SEO podcasts, honestly, to, like, Ooh. learn more. But Do you have any recommendations? Which um, ones do you like? Sometimes I – what is it called? I think it's called The Blogging Millionaire. Like, they just have a lot of good tips. Or, like, there's a Food Blogger Pro podcast. That's really good. That one I love. Oh, I love um, Diet Starts Tomorrow, too, or this, mm. the Skinny Confidential podcast. So good.
0: Those That's are my favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to check those other ones out what is your greatest lesson on wellness? Well, I think wellness is,
1: it's a rounded picture. It's not just healthy eating. It's definitely healthy thinking. It's healthy behaviors and thoughts and healthy is different to every single person. And my greatest lesson is that you can be making all the right healthy choices that you think is great for your body and whatever, but like If you're still thinking negative thoughts about your body and you're still thinking negatively about the food you're eating and trying to like control that or whatever, like that's not. I don't know, like you can't have wellness without the other, one without the other kind of thing. Like it's definitely a well-rounded package and mental health is a part of it and sleep is a part of it. So I think sometimes we're like, oh, wellness means that you just do this practice and you're in wellness. And it's like, no, it can be like your mental state. It can be your sleep quality, like just as simple as that, like that all has to do with wellness.
0: Mm -hmm. What about your career? What's been your greatest lesson on career?
1: So one lesson is that you can never communicate too much. Like (laughs) overcommunication is a good thing. I think it's really important when you're working for yourself or working for anybody to get on the same page, obviously. And it's funny because I think sometimes we just assume like quick things. We're like, oh, she meant that. Like, oh, I know how to do it that way. But it's like, wait, wait, wait. Like, let's just set the ground rules. That's been a huge lesson, really, Mm -hmm. because obviously to like get repeat business and clients to come back and stuff i think you do need to be on the same page and so just kind of being like okay this is how i'm understanding it i'd like to confirm and clarify again that's just a huge tool i think in life like listening and then validating and being like, okay, great. Now we can move on. Because obviously like I've had situations where I'm like, oh, that's exactly what they meant. I'm sure that that's what they meant. And then I go off and do my own thing. And then later you're like, wait, oh, like we were not on the same page. So Mm -hmm. that's been a huge business lesson.
0: What tips do you have for working for yourself?
1: So some tips would definitely be, I mean, organization is huge. Accountability, but I, I think too if you're working for yourself, like you're accountable. You're like, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. So that's already kind of there. I'd say that consistency piece. So maybe that's scheduling your Google count cal- things into your Google Calendar on a daily or weekly basis that you need to get done to like move the future needle forward. You know, maybe it's not day-to-day, but like looking at the big picture. So setting yourself up for success like that. And one thing I swear by and I've been doing this for a few months now that and I love it is the big 3. So like mm. every morning I pick 3 things that I'm like these 3 things need to get done today and like once they get done like I feel successful for the day. And maybe those are things I'm dragging my feet on. It's like not the most glamorous project or like whatever it may be. I'm like I'm writing that into my big 3 to do today cuz once that gets done it's like wow. That's been lifted. Like I can do other things that I enjoy now. So kind of getting like that little stuff that you like keep putting off done first right. thing. I'm like, oh, phew, that's <laughs> over. Now I can be like creative and and do the fun things that I like to do. And that's been huge.
0: Mm. Cause then things
1: things don't like linger so much. You're like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna do it.
0: And that's the big three. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Have you read the book Essentialism? No. Add it to your list. Okay. But it's similar to that. It's about focusing on the priority and the whole theme is less but better.
1: Yes. I love that. Yeah. I think less but better is definitely the goal for like everything. Mm-hmm. Um I'm also like the type of person as this goes back to the business thing, but I'll be like, yes, I can do that. Yes, yes, yes. But then once you're saying yes to all these things, like the quality suffers exactly. and you suffer personally because you're like, now I don't have time to do anything for myself. So yeah, I think prioritizing like quality over quantity.
0: Always a work in progress.
1: Totally. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely don't have all the answers. I'm still learning.
0: What is your personal mission statement?
1: Ooh, I mean, attainable wellness for millennials flashes into my mind when mm-hmm. you say mission statement, because mm-hmm. um, I, I just really do want to make healthy eating and healthy living feel like anybody can approach it the way that they need to. And your approach might be different than your neighbor's, and you might be starting at different points and doing different things, and that's totally okay. You, you have to like listen to your body at the end of the day and do what's right for you, and that's fine if that's not what you're seeing in the wellness world. So I, I really want to like validate that and and make it okay to follow your own wellness journey. And maybe that is trying like these new trends, but then you're like, that's not for me. I'm going to do what's best for me. So attainable wellness.
0: Mm. Last question. What does being hashtag in charge mean to you?
1: Ooh, I think this has like a lot of meanings. I think in charge I think in charge of your own life and your own destiny, that's what comes to mind. So you Mm. are in charge of what you want to be doing, even if you feel like, you know, maybe you're down this path, down this career path, and you're like, nope, it looks like I can only do X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, you're in charge of your destiny. You're in charge of your life and you're in charge of your career. So you can make a change at any point if you want to. And, I think you'll be surprised at how the universe will help you get to what you want. And then once you're in charge, like the universe is like, yep, okay, cool. She's ready. This is happening. Like it's all going to be good now.
0: So Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Where can girls learn more about you? You can learn more at onceuponapumpkinrd.com or onceuponapumpkin on Instagram. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hey, Charge Girls, good morning. Yes, I'm talking to you. It's time to get charged up, cause this day is new. The sky says high, and it's bluer than blue. The sun is shining, and all the birds are chirping too. Today is the best day to be alive. The miracles appear once you open up your eyes. Surprise, time to keep living your dreams. So get up and join the rest of your charge team.